0: To the Seeing Red Podcast.
1: That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we come to you after yet another rough loss for the Red Storm as they drop to 4-13 and in the conference now after really an embarrassing second-half performance and a rough 77-55, 22-point loss on the road at the Butler Bulldogs in Hinkle Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. St. John's doubled up in the second half in that game, 46-23, in a game that they led at halftime and played really, really well in the first half. Uh, We're going to get to that game in a second. But we're going to do something a little bit different for this episode because we have such a big, big guest and because, let's be honest, there's not a whole lot to talk about about this game. So we're going to play our interview with our guest first. That guest, as I've been promoting last week on this show and as I've been promoting on Twitter all week, is the legendary John Minko. The Mink Man of WFAN fame, one of the founding fathers of WFAN, one of the originals on WFAN, 33 years with with uh, with the radio station, one of only three guys, as he mentioned, who are still on the radio station that were there uh, in the in its first day in 1987, and uh, also a St. John's play-by-play announcer for the last 12 full seasons as well. So he's got a couple of stories to tell about that. He's got a couple of really fascinating stories about WFAN in the early days, especially. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really fun interview. I had a lot of fun doing it. And we, I've been trying to to track down Mr. Minko for really months now, really since since uh, the summertime, honestly, last summer. And uh, we finally get together. Our schedules finally work out to get together on Sunday before the Creighton game. And it actually works out perfectly. I got to go to the Creighton game. I got to go to my first game in Carneseca in almost three seasons, I think. First Big E's game in about three seasons, I think. And saw an outstanding win for St. John. And then we get to release this show right after the morning after St. John's plays at Butler, which is actually where John Minko went to college at Butler Butler in Indianapolis. So kind of some special memories for him. We touched on those as well. So it actually ends up working out really, really well. And Mr. Minko could not have been a better guest. It's about a 30-minute interview, 30-plus-minute interview. Really gave a lot of his of his time and thought into this interview, so I really, really appreciate him doing that. And like I said, if, if you're not a St. John's fan, this is still a fun interview to listen to because we get into the early days of WFAN. We get into kind of how... Uh, minko kind of you know got his career started in indianapolis we got into butler and then we get into some saint john stuff as well so a really really fun interview i won't keep you guys waiting any longer here is the long-awaited john minko interview and then after we will do my thoughts on the butler game check it out all right i'm now joined by john minko the mink man not only a wfan legend one of the longest-tenured WFAN members, I would say. One of the founding fathers, really, I would say. Original. Original founding father. And he's also a St. John's play-by-play announcer. Mr. Minko, thank you so much for doing this today. An
2: original at WFAN. There are only three of -hmm. us that have been on the air that have been there the entire 33 years, or at least it would be 33 come uh, July 1st at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Myself, (laughs) Steve Summers, and Ed Coleman. We have seen everything mm-hmm. that has happened mm-hmm. at that radio station.
1: <laughs> From the start until the end, right. or not to the end but until now.
2: Let's put it this way. <laughs> we worked there when no one listened. And, and, we, and we're lucky enough to be there now when um, well, quite a few do listen. <laughs> Would you put yourself on the on the Mount Rushmore of WFN, or do you not? No, do no. No, I'm not even close to that. To, to, me, to me, the Mount Rushmore WFAN is simple. Mm-hmm. And that is Jeff Schmullion, Imus, Mike and the Mad Dog, and the Mets. Okay. And it's those four entities uh-huh. that the radio station is is built. Jeff Schmullian was the original uh, owner of Embus Broadcasting, which purchased... Um, WHN, which okay. was 1050 AM it turned into WFAN and it was his vision that it be all sports mm-hmm. and he is still the owner of MS Broadcasting today and of course, Imus is the one when the station was struggling in its first year, almost quit. Mm-hmm. You know, we almost changed formats mm-hmm. after one year. Imus came in and Basically turned everything around, gave the other day parts a chance to develop, which i.e. meant Mike and the Mad Dog, <laughs> and we always carried the Mets until recent years, in which mm-hmm. we now carry the Yankees. So mm-hmm. though, though, that's the, that's uh, the Mount, Rushmore. Mount
1: Rushmore. Would you put yourself honorable mention, at least? Uh, there are a few others.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe on the third tier. We'll, <laughs> third we'll, tier. We'll, get, we'll get to that. But, I mean, there, there are other folks that have really built up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick James mm-hmm. is an engineer, a name that no one knows. Knows about, <laughs> and he helped change the format and actually build the studios and and keep them going because our facilities in the beginning were not exactly <laughs> not not exactly good. I uh-huh. mean, we worked in the. 34-12 36th Street in Astoria in the Kaufman building. Yeah. And we worked downstairs. And, and the facilities, it was not very clean, uh, not very much of anything. And, and you'd sit there and say, how would you describe it in one quick word? Mm-hmm. Very simple. We worked in the only place where you had to walk upstairs to get to the basement. <laughs> so you are below the basement. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the sub-basement. That, that, there was, uh, sometime in the 80s or 90s, I forget, there was like a major rain Storm in the New York metropolitan area oh. during the summertime. I mean, major flooding. Mm-hmm. Uh, no problems with us uh, upstairs flooded, <laughs> but downstairs, no. Yeah, we were fine.
1: <laughs> so, so we're gonna rec- we're recording this now before the the Creighton game on Sunday, but this is going to air actually before the Butler game on Wednesday night. Now, I know that you Butler holds a special place in your heart. You went to undergrad there, obviously. What does it mean for you going back to Butler every single season? Is it something that you look forward to? Is it does it does Has it lost some of it because you go every single season now, or is it still something that you really look forward to?
2: No, it, it, I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, Butler, is, Butler is the reason why I'm anywhere. Mm-hmm. Butler is the reason why I'm doing the game <laughs> at, at St. John's. And, and, the, and the reason why that is, back in 1971, when I graduated Bergenfield High School, um, there was an opportunity or there was a thought uh, my father was a television repairman for RCA at the oh. time, and so he used to fix TVs. When you did fix TVs, now you just <laughs> discard them and get a new one. Uh, but and there's no such thing as a television; those they're just monitors now. Yep. But but anyway, when there was a television set, and he would go into some pretty big people's houses, mm-hmm. and one of them was an executive at M- NBC, and. And uh, you know, I, I said, you know, maybe I should go to Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, go to the broadcasting school at Syracuse, and the, the executive of NBC said, no. <laughs> he said, I want you to go to Butler. And, and I said, Well, what, 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 what is this? <laughs> and and the reason why, at that time in 1970, it's not the, the way it is now, mm-hmm. but uh, the student radio station was on a commercial band and it was 37,000 watts FM. <laughs> and that's before FM really became, you know, everything was AM at mm. that time. So uh, they had a sound radio school. You didn't major in communications, you majored in radio. Okay. And I learned how to do. Everything there, mm-hmm. and um, and 37,000 watts was totally run by students. I was the sports director for two years. I made all the schedules. We did Butler basketball. Butler basketball is was not like it was <laughs> now when I was there. Uh, and. Um, and they taught me everything. I got my first job out of there. I worked in Logan Sport, Indiana. <laughs> uh, developed contacts with my friends. <laughs> and basically, it's because of Butler that I'm at WFAN. And at St. John's, you would say? And Does it have something to do with everything, yeah. is, everything uh-huh. is tied to Butler. I would not be... Because you know what, one thing that Butler gave you an opportunity. I did games. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a kid for three years, they wouldn't put you on the air as a freshman. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sophomore, junior, and senior, I did the play-by-play for for basketball and Mm -hmm. football, Mm -hmm. and uh, and sometimes baseball. (laughs) Uh, It gets cold out in Indiana, (laughs) and but but they allowed you. You know, we always used to say WAJC, which was the call letters for the. FM radio station, mm-hmm. we learn at the listener's expense. <laughs> and, and basically that was true. Yeah. But they gave me the, the reps uh-huh. and, and the chance. And then, you know, when I. Uh, it, it, the other thing that's important to note um, is that high school sports is big time.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: In Indiana, especially basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and I got hired at a small town in the cornfields <laughs> and uh, did high school tons of yeah. high school games and mm-hmm. that's how I got the reps and everything like that so when the time came uh, to come to New York and and basically come home mm-hmm. uh, that was that was a major or you know major how long situation
1: were you in Indiana
2: for uh, 75 and came back 12 years wow. plus four, Years of college, uh-huh. so so it's sixteen years. Wow.
1: And you had never been there previously. That was no, the first time no. That
2: there. The, the recommendation was to go to school there mm-hmm. because it was a small school. It was small radio. I mean, there were only twelve seniors mm-hmm. in, in, and and, wow. and we ran the radio station. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we had a general manager, which yeah. was the professor. But basically, our program director and and sports director, which was me. We had a music director. We had every, chief engineer was a student. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we learned how to do it. everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we engineered our own games. Okay. You know, it's not yeah. like I'm lucky enough now. <laughs> Chris Matzkowski does our engineering. Uh, back then, I did the engineering <laughs> myself. And I did games by myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. I still do games by myself. <laughs> but uh, but that, that it goes back to that. Everything that I have is... Because of Butler.
1: Is is there still any any rooting interest in Butler? Like are you still ever do you find yourself rooting for them? Obviously not when they're playing no. St. John's but but no, there's not. No, I no. follow them, Oh you do, okay. Uh, but but I root for Saint John's. <laughs> you <laughs> so know. you would say you're a bigger Saint John's fan than oh, yeah. Butler at this point. Now, yeah. yes, uh-huh.
2: absolutely. Absolutely. People here have treated me, you know, very, very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the coaches that I've, I've gone through mm-hmm. I mean there's only been four, <laughs> but uh, uh, and and the athletic directors that I've gone through and, and everybody, you know, my cal- cavalcade of analysts, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and, and and everybody in the staff. No, they tr- they treat me good. Okay. I, you know.
1: So let's get to WFAN before we touch a little bit more on uh, on St. John's. You're one of the founding fathers, as we mentioned. You are, in my opinion, a living radio legend, <laughs> and I don't I don't think I'm I'm uh, going overboard with that. Has it ever kind of? Set into you, like what this radio station has become. You kind of touched on it earlier, from when no one listened to now when quite a few people listen. Does that ever kind of set into you, you know, the role that you played in turning this radio station into something that is just so common in, in this area?
2: No, I don't know about the role that I've I've <laughs> played. You know, the the host, You know, the Joe Beningos and the Mikes, yeah. the Francesas and uh-huh. the Chris Russos, and of course Imus. Mm-hmm. Imus. Imus is, you know, like Butler is the reason why. I've gone anywhere, or done anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imus is the reason why any of us are there. I mean, that 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 I don't think that that can be debated. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Because what he did, Imus is the smartest person I've ever met, as as a radio person. Really. And, and he comes in when we are really struggling. I mean, <laughs> people used to laugh at us. I mean, and, and sometimes, rightfully so, <laughs> it was pretty rough in the beginning. But uh, but he, what he did was come in, give us a morning show because we had no morning show, mm-hmm. we had no nothing. <laughs> yeah. And but he brought in revenue, and the revenue that he brought in because I'm Don Imus he the station rightfully used that for the rest uh, the management used that for the rest of the station thus able to bring in Mike and the Mad Dog mm-hmm. and you know everything else we have mm-hmm. and and that's how the station basically grew that is the history of the station ibis is WFAN and will always be
1: mm-hmm. So no I miss, you think, WFN is no. a
2: couple of years and that's it? It, it? it would be, I don't even know if it would be two years. Really? Uh, if there's no I miss, uh, it, of course there'd be 24-hour sports radio, mm-hmm. but um, we wouldn't be the first. Yeah. We would we would have been the first, but it would have been a failure.
1: Mm-hmm. So that that was a, a crazy idea at the start, the twenty four hour sports radio. Oh sure. When when it was first presented to you as an idea, what was your thinking? Was it something that you thought? No, I, I was or? I was
2: in Indianapolis at the time, yeah. uh, working at the radio, uh, radio station in Indiana, Indianapolis, W-I-R-E. Mm-hmm. and a friend of mine is the. Uh, uh, and he still is, the national program director for MS Broadcasting. He's okay. a butler person, okay. a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. He calls me up one day. Oh, no. Uh, he, there was some problems with WHN. Okay. We, we started at 10.50 a.m. We were not always at 66. Uh-huh. And, and WHN was a country music station. And a friend of mine, a classmate at Butler, was the program director at WHN. So it's during the summertime. Uh, we started in 87. This is 86. Mm-hmm. So I come home from Indianapolis for vacation mm-hmm. and I decided, his name is Gary Havens, and I decided, uh, you know, I'm going to go see him, uh, visit him. So I go to New York and go to WHN. I go down into the basement <laughs> uh, two floors and say, yep. my goodness. And and, and and go into his office. The door of immediately shuts mm. and I said what are you getting mad at me for I didn't do anything <laughs> and he goes he goes I got to tell you something I said alright <laughs> he says you're going to get a call from Rick Cummings next week or the week after I said good I haven't talked to Rick in a while <laughs> he says yeah but this is not a social uh, call okay. I said no and he goes they're thinking of changing this station to all sports and I said, "What was that now? <laughs> You're going to do what?" <laughs> and he chuckles. He says, "It's going to be all sports talk all the time, 24 hours, and they'll keep the Mets. And he's going to want to talk to you about what you think of it."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I said, "All right." <laughs> so indeed, I got the call, yeah. and this, and and I, and I go to lunch, and and he goes to me, he says, "This is what we want to do." And I was part of meetings for like every single, about two, twice a month mm. uh, for 10 months wow. until they actually decided to do this. Yeah. And, you know, I asked, I said, do you think, um, you know, I'm from Jersey. Do you, do you think you can bring me back and get me a job? Yeah. And they did. And that's how I ended up at WFAM.
1: So you were in all these
2: meetings, not even knowing for sure that you were going to actually. Work oh no, at I the had station. no idea. But yeah. <laughs> but near the end, you know, I, I said, you know what? I mean, I always wanted to come back. Yeah. Home, mm-hmm. and you know, grandparents to see kids and mm-hmm. et cetera and so forth. Mm-hmm. And this was the opportunity, and uh, they made that come true mm-hmm. and of course they're all butler people mm-hmm. which leads me to tell you that <laughs> butler is responsible for me being here
1: <laughs> today absolutely so we talk about the the eras of wfan you know we touched on imus we touched on francesa russo uh and then you know steve summers tony page joe and evan nowadays uh, boomer geo all those guys do you have kind of a a favorite era of wfan or maybe a favorite you know, time period when a certain team was, you know, kind of playing well. There's, there's obviously no good New York teams now, but maybe a couple of years ago. Like, do you have a favorite uh, era? I would say. Uh, you know what? I think,
2: especially now that I'm getting ready for 33 years, mm-hmm. the the era and the and and the point that I look at the most now. I don't know if it's favorite, but I look at the beginning, mm-hmm. and and realize that I was part of the beginning. And probably part of what could have been the end. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, I look at the the, the beginning of the radio station, uh, the first couple of years, and how bad it was, and how we struggled, and, mm-hmm. and and you know, and all things like that. And and I I just look back to the first year. If I if if I ever wrote a book. <laughs> she should and it would be on the first year. i could write a whole book on the first mm-hmm. 12 months of the station mm-hmm. and then another chapter on the rest of it <laughs> the, the, the 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 history I mean, you you would not believe the things that happened in the first year of the radio station
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and uh, and you know what it's the first it's the first the year of the radio station is why there is sports radio the way it is yeah. today mm-hmm.
1: that's uh, that's that's a fact mm-hmm. you mentioned how early on it was more um, updates centric correct like there was more oh yeah centered no around the in, updates, in the right? beginning mm-hmm. in the
2: beginning the preface was not to get ratings yeah the <laughs> the, the 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 preface was to put, there was a, a, a system, system business, I don't know, whatever you want to call uh-huh. it, called Sports Phone. Oh, yeah. And, okay. and, uh-huh. and what it was is uh, if you're um, anywhere and you wanted to get the score of a Laker game or something like that, you would dial whatever numbers, you would hear a sports cast, uh-huh. and then you would hear the scores. <laughs> and, and our aim in the very beginning was to put sports phone out of business. So so it was, and we did updates every 15 minutes. Fifteen. Wow. At at top of the hour, 15, 30, and 45. The hosts were there to compliment the update people, as opposed to vice versa. And and we actually did put sports phone out of business. <laughs> I mean, we did horse races. And, you know, here's here's, here's the fourth at Aqueduct. yeah. And, and, and we, we did all of that. Uh-huh. and But we had no ratings. And we had no revenue coming in. <laughs> and eventually, the powers to be figured that out. <laughs> and that's, i.e., that's why Imus uh-huh. came in.
1: Uh-huh. So <laughs> you are... I think, uh, in looking up your uh, your Wikipedia before this, it said, it called you the Dean of Updates, the Dean of the Sports Update. So you're, I think... I don't know legends. if I'm the Dean of the... The only <laughs> thing is, though, I'm I'm still doing it. Yeah, yeah. For 30-something years now, you're still doing it. Now, can you tell us the the process that goes into you preparing a sports update? Like, how long does it take? How do you adapt to news changing? How do you time it out or practice it, maybe? Can you can you give us that process? Well,
2: I, you know what? I, I learned... How to do it mm-hmm. uh, in Indianapolis? There was a newscaster by a call by a uh, by the name of Lou Palmer, and back in Indianapolis, I worked at WIRE, which was a country music station, and the station that everybody wanted to work at was called WIBC, okay. and they did top of the hour newscasts, and in the afternoon, a fellow by the name of Lou Palmer, mm-hmm. who I got to know uh, at the Speedway uh, as years moved on, but mm-hmm. he had a unique style. Of delivering the news not very many verbs you know he'll he'll go he'll start the he would not give his name <laughs> he'd he started it it's sunny Tuesday afternoon Indianapolis <laughs> traffic John Gillis mm-hmm. he'll do it just like that mm-hmm. and then he'll come back and he'll go tragedy on the streets west side WIBC's, and then a reporter's name and it'll do it like that. And, and, and I love the style. Mm-hmm. I thought it communicated really good. Mm-hmm. So I tried to do that <laughs> in, in, in the updates, you know, and, yeah. and, and, you know, as far as preparation, just to do it. You know, I've been doing it so long, it, it goes pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, there was a time. Uh, I was to start at 6 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. I got there, and it was a middle of a snowstorm, <laughs> and I got in at like quarter to 4 a.m. And the person that was, and it was, it was a blizzard. Yeah. And there was one more train going out to Long Island at about 4:30 or something like that, and and it's like 10 to 4, mm-hmm. and. I told the person, his name was Peter Schwartz, mm-hmm. I said, go home. He said, you can't do this in 10 minutes. I said, "I said it doesn't matter. I'll do something. <laughs> give me a wrap. Give me the scores. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll figure it out. I'll just ad lib through the entire thing. Yeah. I said, I don't need to look up the weather. I know what the weather is. <laughs> and. Uh, he says, "Okay." So he was out the door, mm-hmm. and and I had like literally no papers, <laughs> no nothing mm-hmm. at four a.m. And, and and got through right it. Uh-huh. So uh, you know now it, it, it so that so from that standpoint, you know doing it that long yeah you, I can do it in my sleep <laughs> and sometimes I probably have
1: <laughs> the early morning ones. Yeah. so let's go to uh, St. John's now you've been doing St. John's radio you said for, for 12 yep. years now full years yeah Yeah, 12 full years let's talk about the, the process of how you got into calling St. John's game what was that like uh, who reached out to you were you were you excited to do it right away or was it something that you kind of oh no I've
2: always wanted to do it I followed uh, St. John's when I was a kid and mm-hmm. uh, St. John's you know is, is basically the Yankees of, of of college basketball. You know, back then, you know, I, 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 hey, there were no Devils. There was no Islanders. Yeah. You know, it was it, the Jets were, were an AFL team. You know, everything was, and it was, you know, the, the Mets were just starting yeah. when I started following sports in 1962. Mm-hmm. So basically everything was Yankees, Giants, Knicks, Rangers, St. John's. Mm-hmm. That's... That was your full boat
0: yeah.
2: of of sports. So you know, I got interested in St. John's, followed St. John's for years. You know, and um, and when the uh, call came, you know, do you think you'd want to do this? Um, and I followed Mike Crispino, I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's been it's been great.
1: Do you give me your favorite player to cover? Your favorite team to cover? and your favorite moment that you've gotten the call uh
2: the favorite player
1: you know there, there are a lot of them uh, you
2: know um, you know I love Justin Simon and mm-hmm. D'Angelo Harrison uh those two uh quickly come to mind yeah um uh, uh, know there you know there are you know, a lot of you know favorite players yeah. mm-hmm. you know even on on this team you know this team you know I have favorite players on this team too mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you know what D'Angelo um is one of is near the top of the mm-hmm. list, and Justin Simon is as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I I hear D'Angelo a lot when I ask people's favorite players. What 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 stands out about Justin though for you that that he makes he made you one of your favorites?
2: Oh, he was he was always good to be on the road. Yeah. He was always friendly. You know, we would talk basketball. Uh, things of that nature so you know the, you gotta remember too when you look at favorites and, and things like that they don't always have to be the best player on the team <laughs> and, and I, you know I always uh, enjoyed seeing him mm-hmm. and did you have a favorite team or a favorite moment or no? Uh, I, I would say one of the, the favorite I mean been to three NCAA tournaments you know favorite, favorite moment was probably you know beating Duke in the Garden Yeah. Um, a mm-hmm. few years back that was uh and the garden was full. That was electric yep. that particular day. That was that was that was a great day.
1: I was in attendance that day. That was a, that was a very fun. <laughs> that day. was pretty good. That was a good one. Is it so? So you've been doing this now, like you said, full time. 12, 12 seasons. Have you have you missed any games at all, or no? No. So you haven't. I mean, there was. Um
2: A health issue Mm -hmm. that I missed uh, a few weeks.
1: Mm -hmm. But outside of that, Uh,
2: outside of uh, no, I've never missed a game to miss a game. Yeah,
1: uh huh. (laughs) But you've worked with a a ton of different color commentators. Oh yeah. Is it is it difficult to not be working with one consistent color commentator? Is it kind of fun to always have someone different to bounce stuff off
2: of? I I work with everybody. Everybody's Mm -hmm. been great. I mean I worked in the beginning. There was George Johnson I worked with. Mm -hmm. You know I worked with Tim O'Toole and Tariq Turner. For probably the, mo- the most yeah. of the game, uh, uh, the largest number of games is with Tariq. Mm-hmm. And, and Tim O'Toole was great. Uh, Tim O'Toole, we worked for a few seasons, and he left at the, on the first of the year uh, to go to Syracuse and work under. Jim Beheim, wow. as, as uh, uh, I forget what the, his ex, uh, title was mm-hmm. it wasn't in operations mm-hmm. and uh, before he wound up at, at Stanford and then Pittsburgh wow. and uh, so I had a cavalcade of analysts mm-hmm. the far end of, the, of that we went to the NIT that year and I worked with uh, 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 Chris Knocky mm-hmm. I worked with Joe Lenardi <laughs> wow. I, work, I worked with uh, quite a few mm-hmm. uh, uh, that year and, and then um, and then, and then, you know, that's the way it's been, you know, quite a... I work with Brian Mahoney. That, that's always a, a favorite because that's a link to the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's been quite a few. Mm-hmm. No problem.
1: <laughs> do you think you could name every single color commentator? You don't have to, but I'm just I'm wondering if Oh, I could. could I, yeah. Oh, sure I could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I,
2: I could. Uh, the ones that the... Uh, including myself, because <laughs> there have been several games I've done by myself. Really?
1: Oh, yeah. Is no, that no. difficult to do a game by yourself? No. I mean in
2: Indiana I, uh, uh, the uh, state uh, back uh, in the day when I was there working in commercial radio it, it was so big then that there was only one state champion mm-hmm. for the state ah, okay so every and everybody was in the tournament so they had what was called sectionals regionals semi-states and the state finals mm-hmm. and they were in Indianapolis of course mm-hmm. and and, and because of travel situation, the game, it, tournament was in one day. Yeah. You would play a doubleheader semis at 11 o'clock in the morning, come back at 8.15 and play the championship. And mm-hmm. I do all three of those games alone. Wow. And uh, uh, this is not a problem. Yeah. I've, I've done tons of St. John's games by myself. How much How much prep goes into the, the St. John's games? You showed me your board before. Yeah, normally, normally two hours. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's two hours of paperwork Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with stats and, and things of that nature but but what's the other things that uh, you know you have to do like you have to watch games on television. You have to watch the other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get to the arena, you talk to assistant coaches. I talk to the to the opposing broadcaster all the time, yeah. and and he gives me insights mm-hmm. that I'm not going to get from anybody else mm-hmm. on the other team. And of course, they ask me questions as well. Mm-hmm. And and so that's all part of of uh, preparing. Yeah. For for a game.
1: Mhm. You mentioned the coaches, St. John's head coach Mike Anderson. Now, first season, first he's kind of closing on his first year on the job now. Uh, Your thoughts on him? You know, I'm sure you've gotten to talk with him quite quite a bit. So, what's your thoughts on him?
2: Oh no, we do we do the the pregame show. (laughs) We do every single one of them, (laughs) and uh, and we'll do one prior to the Creighton game as well. And um, no, no, he's been he's been great for the uh, the, for the university program. is on solid uh, ground. Uh, You know, it's it's pointing upward. I know the wins they would like more, and but you know what? They're going to get more. Mm. Uh, as years move along, uh, there's going to be plenty of wins here in Queens.
1: What do you think the the goal should be out of the next few seasons? Do you, are you thinking maybe NIT next year and then NCAAs? Do you think it could be an NCAA team next See, year? See, I, I look at it differently. Yeah. I, I think the goals
2: for most college teams is to – be like a Providence. To be like mm-hmm. a Seton Hall is now. Mm-hmm. To be like a Xavier, mm-hmm. and you can throw a few other Creighton. Yeah. you can throw mm-hmm. in there too. Mm-hmm. And what that is is that you're a consistent competitor. Yes. Every single year. You might not make the NCAA tournament every single year. Marquette's in that group mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, But, but you're there every single year. Yes. And, um, you know, and and, and I think that. That is, should be the goals, and I think probably it is Mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think that's what that's what fans really want. We're not asking to be a a Villanova, thirty wins every single season, Final Four. We would just like to be, like you mentioned, a competitor. And it's kind of fascinating how really most of the Big East has kind of turned into that, this new version of the Big East.
2: Yeah, no, no, I I agree. You know, these teams. You you see, you have Providence beating Villanova. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, so Providence is always there. They they were in the NIT. They were early exit in the NIT a year ago, but they're always there. Yeah. And Xavier's always there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to be and the Big East is really tough this year. I mean this is the toughest that I've seen it since um, the new configuration. Okay. Because because even I, I look at DePaul and they only have a couple of big yeah. East wins. Yeah. They have talent. They, they're good. Well, mm-hmm. They they are good. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know what? When when you say well wins wins, wins. Someone's got to lose the games too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, 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 but I, but I think that that's the primary goal moving forward. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Now I'll I'll get you out in here on this because you've been so gracious with your time. (laughs) You've mentioned in in the past that retirement's on the horizon for WFAN. Now I'm not going to ask you a date or anything like that, but when you leave the fan. Do you see yourself also leaving the play by play play by play booth as well, or is that kind of something? Oh no no, you, like, no, no, no 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 no!
2: this is not going anywhere.
1: Really? <laughs> no,
2: they'll, they'll have to cart me out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, this is a. There's no this end of sight for you for n- this.
2: No. Really? No, as long as they want me. Uh, wow. I'll, I'll be here as long as they want. <laughs> every game. Every game. When? I haven't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's one of the reasons I got hired. Mm-hmm. Was I said I'd do every game.
1: Mm-hmm. They, Do you have, though, let's say five years down the road, do you have someone in mind who you say, I would like them to replace me as a, as a play-by-play guy or no? No, I haven't,
2: no. I haven't come to that, you haven't
1: thought? <laughs>
2: that point. And, and you know what?
1: You, you, can't look,
2: you can't look that
1: far. No. Uh, that, that far out. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Well, Mr. Miko, this is been an absolute honor for me um you know like i, I told you before I've, I've listened to you for 15 years on the radio and my father's listened to you for 30 years on the radio so this means a ton to me and, and i really want to thank you for how oh, great oh, it
2: time. was great being here and uh, go st john's <laughs> Let's go, go st john's, john's right? be creighton here today as uh, you, as this runs uh,
1: next week absolutely yep there you go mr minko thank you so much all right big thank you Once again, to Mr. John Minko, I think you guys could kind of hear it in my voice there throughout that interview, just how how, uh, excited I was to be in his presence there and to be able to share uh, some airtime with him, however small this may be, some airtime with him, a guy who is, in my opinion, just an absolute radio legend, a sports radio legend, especially in this area, but really in this country, obviously being on WFAN, the first ever 24-hour sports radio uh, channel. And, you know, he would never admit this, but, you know, you heard him. He's a humble guy, but he is really an absolute legend. And, you know, this is even coming from someone like me who is, you know, only been listening to sports radio for the last 10, 15 years as a twenty as a 24 year old right now. So if I can understand that, I think everyone can understand that. And he is an absolute uh, legend in the sports radio business. Was so gracious with his time. Was such a nice guy. The persona that you hear on air is definitely the persona that I got in meeting him for a few hours on Sunday morning. And uh, yeah, just could could not thank him enough for doing that before the uh, before the Creighton game. But. We got to transition now a little bit into some talk about the uh, the Butler game for St. John's, and it is a lot less of a happy uh, a recap for this one than it would be if we were talking about the Creighton game right now. Uh, they came out fast in this in the first half, which is something we really haven't seen in recent years in Butler. It feels like every single time they play at Butler, they get blown out. But the the uh, script is a little flipped, and you know the first half is where they get blown out, and then the second half they play a little bit better, ended up maybe closing the gap. A little bit. That's what it feels like. It's been this this year is kind of different, and it was a good first half, and then absolutely just getting torched in the second half by Butler. Um, you want to criticize, but what is there to criticize again? They just they couldn't score offensively and they couldn't play any defense, you know. 46 points allowed in the second half, and just 23 scored, that's that's really your uh, your recap right there, no one on this team was able to do anything offensively they wasted really a fantastic performance by Julian Champagne, a career high 23 points for him, he grabbed 6 rebounds as well he went 4 of 6 from 3 point range and 9 of 14 overall from the field, really an outstanding performance from Champagny, only problem is no one else really did any scoring uh, Greg Williams had a nice game he scored 11 points, he went 4 of 9 from the field but again I feel like you saw that um that tepidness a little bit back with Greg I wanted to see him be a little bit more aggressive you know we saw him getting aggressive in that Creighton game and that's what led to his 21.7 three-pointer outburst I wanted to see him be a little bit more aggressive but he scored 11 points give him credit for that Uh, LJ Figueroa finishes with nine points and some of his shot selections were just really really bad in this game and he becomes almost a liability when you're taking some of the shots that he was taking. He still is the most talented offensive player for them for sure, but some of these shots, these floaters and these and these and these jumpers that he's taking are just not smart shots. Uh, Lj only shoots one of three from three point range. The one that he hit was a really long range shot, but again, just not giving you what you needed. Uh, out of LJ Figueroa and that's why you end up only scoring uh, f- uh, 55 points today Marcellus Erlington had another good game for St. John's 8 points but he only shot 3 of 11 from the field but 8 points and 7 rebounds really good effort from him Rashim Dunn goes scoreless and does not record any assists in this game either which is kind of a eye-popping stat there and the Red Storm bench only scores four points between uh, Damian Sears and David Carraher. They score two each, and that's the entire scoring for St. John's right there. Uh, Nick Rutherford played 22 minutes and didn't score either. So, you know, not a a very good offensive performance, and that's really where it comes in, is the the offense for St. John's in this game. You score 23 points in the second half, you're not going to win. You know, and I think we may have been, uh, you know, getting some false confidence maybe in that first half when Julian Champagny, I think scored 18 in the first half. You know, maybe we thought that we can compete with this team when we really couldn't on the road. And I think that's what you saw. Butler kind of locked it up, and Butler played some lockdown defense and was really getting whatever they wanted on the offensive end in the second half, leading to a 22-point uh, blowout. But it is frustrating to, to to be consistently blown out in this building every single year is frustrating. You thought that this would be different, and it just wasn't, and... You know, you thought that this could be the start of maybe a nice upset run for St. John's. They are back to 500 now at 15 and 15. In all likelihood, they're going to need a win over Marquette on Saturday at MSG to get into the NIT. That's really, I think, what's going what is going to come down to now. Because obviously, if you are 16 and 15 and you lose your first round game to uh, to Georgetown, you're still 16 and 16 and you can get into the NIT. Then, uh, if you lose to Marquette but then beat Georgetown and then lose your second round game. Again, you're still under 500. you You're probably not getting into the NIT. Although I'm not 100% positive how the NIT selection works, but at under 500, you you're probably not getting in. But with a 16-16 and 16 resume or a 17-16 and 16 resume or whatever, you're, you're probably in. So, so the Marquette game, which is a winnable game, I think, at home. It is at the Garden, but it's a winnable game. Um, that kind of holds St. John's NIT fate uh, right there in that game. But... You know, it's it's a tough performance for the St. John's to, to to lose by 22 like that. I would have liked to see more. And it does get tiring losing like that in Hinkle every single season. Like I said, I, I just I would have liked to see a better second half in which, you know, St. John's keeps it within 10. You know, you they weren't winning that game. Butler's a team that's now playing and jockeying for Big East tournament and NCAA tournament positioning. St. John's wasn't gonna get that win. You know, you knew, like I said, they needed a really crazy first half performance by Julian Champagny and they were only up by one in the first half. No one else was really playing uh, well in this game at all after really the entire offense plays well against Creighton on Sunday. So that kind of shows you where they're at. But, you know, you kind of knew they weren't going to win this game after only being up one at the half. But you would have liked to see it not turn into a 22 point loss and that's really my main issue and I I don't think it was effort I just think guys just couldn't hit shots and I I hate to have that be my analysis here but guys just can't hit shots sometimes for this St. John's team you know I said that after the Seaton Hall game in which really was the last game that they were kind of blown out of the water they just don't have enough guys that can make shots and obviously, that all changed in the Creighton game when they couldn't miss, which made that crane game even more ridiculous to watch. the The shots they were making in that game. When this is really one, obviously, the worst shooting team in the Big East right now, especially from three-point range, they just can't make shots. And you saw it in this game, but you saw it from really point-blank range in this game. St. John's missed five six seven layups in this game layups shots from point-blank range at the rim that they could not put in the basket Sears missed one Figueroa missed one Rutherford missed one I think Williams missed one they missed five or six of these just easy layups at the rim Carraher missed one as well I mean just easy shots at the rim that you have to convert and no, those five, six shots probably aren't going to change the outcome of this game. If anything, they turn they turn a 22-point loss into a 10-point loss. But in the moment, if those shots go in, maybe we're talking about a different game. You know, if St. John's can put in some of those layups to maybe stop some Butler runs and to stop that 18-2 run in the second half that really buried the rent storm maybe if those shots go in we're looking at a different game where we probably aren't still looking at a win but maybe we're looking at a different game and a closer game you know maybe instead of only being up 1 in the first half st john's is up 8 or 9 in the first half going into halftime cuz a bunch of those were in the first half you know you just make your layups and it's a different game and this team just maybe they're snake bitten maybe it's just an effort, not an effort thing but maybe it's just an ability thing but they just haven't been able to make the shots that you need to make to win these type of games, to win these road games in the Big East this season. And really ever, but this season especially, haven't been able to make those shots. Haven't been able to make that open three-pointer consistently enough. Haven't been able to make that open jumper consistently enough. And certainly have not been able to make that layup, that point-blank shot, that bunny right by the rim consistently enough this season. And that's really where the offensive woes come in. But they are playing more confidently on offense. I will say that. They are a more confident offensive team for sure. Certainly didn't look that way in the second half. But in the first half, you can tell. The ball was moving around a lot more. And, you know, I, I said this on Twitter with, uh, with my guy CT Fazio. You know, it does make it easier when the shots are going in. And when the shots are falling like they were in Creighton and like they were in the first half in this game, it does make it a lot easier to play confident offensively. But you did see guys moving around a lot more. You did see a lot more ball movement. You know, you did not see as much standing on the perimeter and waiting until the shot clock was at 10 and the ball hasn't advanced inside the three-point line yet. You didn't see that a whole lot, at least in the first half of this game. Something to build on and the offense is slowly improving. It took a very, very long time, but the offense is slowly improving in Big E's play. And now you wonder if he can get you one more win against Marquette. Or if he can get you a little a nice little run in the Big E's tournament. Who knows? But those are my thoughts. I don't want to stay on too long about this Butler game. It really wasn't much, a whole lot to talk about. You know, a really terrible second half performance. I'll never get on the effort because I don't think it was the effort. I just think it's the execution. And they just don't have the talent to hang around in these games, especially against teams that are, like I said, jockeying for tournament position now in the Big East and the NCAA. They just don't have the talent to hang around. You saw it against Seton Hall, you saw it against Villanova. Creighton was an anomaly because they just couldn't miss a shot but uh, we'll see if they can do it against Marquette at home We will uh, maybe I'll, nah, I probably won't be doing a Periscope after that game but next week I will be at the Big East Tournament on Wednesday night for our game our, I think we're almost locked in now to playing Georgetown so I'll be there for that and I'm going to do an episode really right after that game I'm going to try to do it from the garden so uh, check that out next Wednesday night and uh yeah big thank you once again to mr john minko for doing our for being our interview subject this show and as always let's go johnny's